welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. tonight. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. So thankful. Thankful for the presence of the Lord in here tonight. Amen. Matthew 24 and 14 says this, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Amen. Got to preach this gospel to all nations. We have been called to witness to every person we can. Amen. We are on a rescue mission. Amen. Souls. You can take a scale, put all the weight, all the money, all the gold, silver you could on that weight side, and you take one soul and you put it on that side, and that that skill's going to tip every time towards that soul because one soul means more to God than all this world. Amen. One soul. It's a, I'm a, been sharing this with you. This is the last installment tonight. Amen. Uh, I appreciate your patience. And y'all can be seated. Appreciate your patience and everything for trying something new with this. And I, uh, God is good, but uh, been been preaching to myself, Brother Blackford. You know, this is about souls. This is re- we we're surrounded by folks that are lost and fighting through life storms every day, and there's something got to be sensitive within us. The radar's got to be up that we we've got we got this hope living within us, and we just got to share this hope with them. Amen. But God is good all the time. Amen. Uh, but I appreciate y'all's patience during this. Amen. It's uh, been good. I started thinking, man, I should have put a fifth one on here. And, uh, you know, tonight we're going to talk about bringing them home. Amen. We've answered the call, the courage to go out and say, okay, I need to be a witness. You know, there's souls out here. We've, we've, we've gone through the seeking the lost. Amen. To, to save them, you know, Lord pray that you lead me to your harvest, not our harvest. He knows who's hungry. You know, then last week we covered the, the, the rescue of bringing them in, pulling them in. You know, there's so much chaos and stuff going on in the world. Amen. And when we look at the things of life that can get a hold of us, the addictions and all that stuff, the, the hate, it just don't have to be you know, drugs and alcohol and all that. There's certain other things that can get a hold. Sin is sin. You know, and there's sin running rampant. And we, we've got a rescue mission to go out here and to seek, you know, through the guidance of the Holy Ghost, putting our winds, our sails up and letting the Lord lead us to the harvest. You know, but that, that means work. You know, and that's why the scripture says, you know, the harvest is plenty, but the labors are few. You know, because it takes sacrifice. It takes a commitment. It takes us answering that call. Amen. 
but we have loved ones, if that doesn't stir us enough, you know. But tonight we're going to talk about bringing them home, but I'm going to try to tie in too. Not only do we need to bring them home, we also got to watch that back door. Amen. It's one thing to get them here. It's one thing to nurture them. It's one thing to grow them. Amen. But retention needs to be another big thing. We need to watch that back door. You know, and that's, that's where we as a church come in. We'll hit some of that tonight. Everything is led up to tonight. Amen. But if you'll allow me, I'll get us uh, previously on our summer night's teaching series, which is called Rescue. We may mention that. We are following the story of the greatest small boat rescue ever in the history of the United States Coast Guard and making practical connections, amen, to our mission as a church to rescue souls. Amen. This is our final installment. Amen. But previously, it was on the night of February 18th of 1952 when a ferocious northeastern snowstorm came roaring into Cape Cod. It was as much fiercer than anyone had ever suspected. The storm, uh, the seas were more violent than anyone had anticipated. Cape Cod is bad enough on a good day. Amen. Then you add this storm that was record charts, hurricane winds and all that, and it made it even worse. Ships were breaking apart just on a regular normal day. And now we take this storm with everyday activities, it just intensified everything. In fact, a pair of oil tankers were caught in the grip of the terrible storm, and both of them were literally broken in half by the waves. The first ship to break up was able to send out a mayday and the Coast Guard mounted a rescue attempt throwing everything they had at this dire emergency. When news later broke that about the second ship, there was no experienced boat crews left in the Coast Guard station that could even go out. Everything was fully committed to the first rescue attempt. That's the only one they had the information about, so it was all hands on deck. They gave it everything they had. So an inexperienced crew was thrown together and sent, and they were sent out into the teeth of this terrible storm in a 36-foot wooden rescue boat. Amen. Sailing out into waves that were two times its size. 70-foot waves. The drop and all that was, was tremendous. Again, like I said, on a normal day, Cape Cod, the Chatham Bar and all that was, was, was dangerous enough just on regular weather. Now we're putting the storm in there and it, it has intensified things tremendously. But there was a young man by the name of Bernie Weber who was put in charge of this vessel and in the blinding snow of a freezing winter night storm against all odds, he and his crew answered that call. Simple, reasonable, seasonable seamen, common sense would have determined that it was pointless to throw four more lives away in what was sure to be a futile rescue effort. Indeed, we learned that as they were boarding their boat, an older seaman advised them to get lost and return to base before they got too far out into the storm. Nobody would have criticized them. But this is, was a rescue mission, and a rescue is a word that erases all common sense. It abolishes all reason. It wipes out any calculation, leaves nothing but courage and a refusal to quit. 
that courage is what drove them into the storm. There were souls. There was people who was in need, people who were hurting, amen, who could have perished had somebody not stepped up to say, hey, I'm going to answer the call. Amen. It's that courage that drove them into the storm. Just like that little small boat, amen, we have been called to go out into the stormy seas of this life and rescue souls before it is too late. Amen. The first obstacle the boat crew encountered was the Chatham Bar. In, in that treacherous stretch of water, this tiny wooden vessel was assaulted by waves nearly twice its size. Amen. It was, they was, it was taller than they was long. Amen. One of those waves broke the windshield out of the boat, pelting, pelting everyone on board with shattered glass and resulting in a plethora of minor cuts to the faces and eyes of, all, of the four crewmen. However, the waves also tore the ship's compass from its base and tossed it into the seas. Now they was truly lost. Amen. With no means of navigation except sheer reckoning and the occasional glimpses they were able to set get from the light from an old lighthouse. Amen. They could have turned back at that point and they would have not been criticized whatsoever. Amen. But instead they pressed on. The vision and the thought of somebody out there in the middle needing rescue that was hurting and needing help drove them. Amen. To go there. Bernie said that when he caught when he when we caught in the grip of the storm and it seemed as all was lost in those moments he that he contemplating turning back, his focus with his thoughts on the men that was attempting to be saved. He could hear their voices crying out. He could see the fear on their face. Them holding on to whatever they had to hold on because they just knew somebody was coming to rest them. Amen. In his mind's eye, Bernie would picture those desperate men trapped inside a giant steel casket. Amen. He knew that if his crew were their only hope, that hope that was there, and that's what compelled them to press on. And they pressed on through the storm. And the further they went, the fiercer the storm became. The wind and the snow, along with the waves, intensified, disorienting the men. They had no compass. Amen. It was blown off. It was somewhere laying in the bottom of the ocean. Amen. And to make matters worse, their engine kept threatening to stall and to shut off. Amen. But still, they pushed through each and every wave. It was a wild ride. They were assaulted by hurricane strength winds. Amen. As the boat rode up to the top of massive waves, only to be swallowed into the troll of the waves by immense walls of water on every side. But they pressed on until they saw a dark shape of the Pendleton Hall. As they drew near the stricken vessel, the survivors tossed a rope ladder over the side and began to climb down. What followed was an exceedingly dangerous dance as Bernie tried to drive a lifeboat in towards the hall just as each man jumped for the ship before the wave separated them again. It's kind of like trying to drive and drink a cup of coffee on a bumpy road. You know, it just... You can't steady it. Here he is going up against the waves, but lives are at stake in front of him. They're jumping off trying to get to them. They're trying to get, get to them. Amen. So they positioned people. Amen. His crew positioned himself. That way if somebody did miss, they was able to grab them. Amen. No, no man left behind, if I could say that. See, well... With the rolling seas, this was almost an impossible task, but they managed. A few of the men missed the boat 
lifeboat, but were quickly hauled in by the crew who had strategically placed themselves in case this happened. And one after another, Bernie and his men hauled them to safety. Bernie had no idea how many men were on the Pendleton needing rescued. And as they came down the ladder, he began to realize that there were many more of them than the small vessel was equipped to handle. Regardless, Bernie and his crew managed to save all but one of them. The one fatality happened when a man fell from the ladder and was crushed between the rescue boat and the ship he was trying to, res to escape from. Amen. But Bernie did not let that stop him. He carried on with the, the rescue. Before it was over, he would have 36 men crowded on a 36-foot lifeboat. Amen. Seriously overloaded and riding so hard, so low that it felt as times like they were riding in a submarine. They pointed their ship towards the shore. These men had done so much, had been through so much. They had braved the Chatham Bar. They had navigated blindly through a raging storm, and they had successfully rescued the men whose lives were in peril. However, their mission was not over yet. The rescue would only be successful if they could make it home. Amen. And that was going to be the challenge of all challenges. There was still a fierce storm raging and some rough seas to cross when you bring someone to church and they experience this incredible power of salvation. When they repent of their sins and are baptized in Jesus' name, amen, are filled with the Holy Ghost, their journey is not finished, amen. Indeed, it is just beginning. Amen. It's just the beginning. There is a commitment that goes beyond the initial moment when you help pluck someone from the stormy seas of this life. The rescue isn't complete until we get them home. Amen. When heaven's doors closes behind us, we can rejoice when we've finally made it home and we've heard those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, coming in there into thy rest, all right? But from now until then, we still have life storms to deal with. Amen. And the men and women that are rescued from the raging storms of this life, need someone who will help them navigate, amen, through these troubled waters. Can you imagine being a young couple who just gave birth to a newborn baby, amen, then you're there viewing it through the window in the maternity ward, in the glass, you're waving at it and saying goodbye to it and walk out the hospital as to say, okay, little buddy, we'll see you back at home, amen. Just don't stay out too late. Amen. Don't forget your curfew. Amen. Nobody in their right mind would do that. Amen. A baby needs to be nurtured. It needs to be taught. It needs to be developed. Amen. It needs to be loved and cared for and nurtured. Amen. They need some hands-on help, and the church has to realize that our rescue mission isn't finished yet. It is our job to make them Make, help them make it home. We need to nurture them. We need to be there to take them underneath our arms, amen, and talk to them to be there when their times are getting hard, especially at the beginning, amen. We just can't get them up here and get them filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. Say, okay, that's it, buddy, go on, amen. They need to be nurtured. They need to be loved, amen. And you know as well as, as I do, having raised kids, sometimes it smells, Sometimes it's nasty, but in the end, it's all worth it. Amen? Because it takes work. Amen? And there's nothing rewarding than that work 
of seeing them grow. Amen. And that's what we need to do as we bring them to church, as we bring them here and we lead them to, to, to the cross. Amen. And they're baptized in their field. Amen. We need to nurture them. We need to take them underneath our arms. We need to, sometimes it's all right to have a hard talk with them. Hey, look, you know, their friends are going to attempt them on every side. Amen. But that's where they need that voice of reason, that voice that's going to say, hey, look, look what the Lord has done. Amen. It's that way with new worshipers. They need some hands-on training. It is our job to help them make it home. Amen. As they slowly moved back towards home, Bernie tried to radio and was shocked to discover that he was now had contact at the Chatham Bar Station. He gave a report of his situation, told them that he had rescued 32 men and that they were trying to find their way home without a navigational aid in a boat that was seriously overloaded. The Coast Guard station proposed a different plan. Go figure. They asked Bernie to turn aside and make his way to the other wreck site where the larger boat could help relieve them with part of their load. Bernie praying and asking God, what should I do? With the help of the Lord, decided without navigational equipment, his best chance at survival was to head home. Amen. Bernie and his crew made up their minds. The boat they were on was capable and they were already underway. Amen. If they had turned aside, they might never make it out of this storm. Amen. Amen. When we have new folks coming, we've been there. I've experienced. I'm quite sure somebody here experienced. Your friends are going to try to get you to make a, make a detour. They'll even get mad at you. I can't believe you don't want to go out and do this. What happened to you, man? You know, you're different. Of course. I got the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm not who I used to be. Amen. But somebody's always going to try to talk them off of doing the right thing. Take, get them off course. See, they were heading in the right direction and they was, that was, they was there on their way and they were not going to turn aside. Amen. Bernie put the radio down and returned his attention to the challenge in front of him. Every new worshiper is going to be faced with the invitation to turn aside and return to a life they came from or to seek a better opportunity. There's no better opportunity than giving your life to the Lord. Amen. And it's nothing like having this apostolic truth. Amen. Coming to that place of repentance, being baptized in his name for the remission of those sins and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and starting this life of continuing steadfast in this apostle's doctrine. There's nothing better than this. There's no better opportunity. There's no better option. There is no option. Amen. Then living this life for the Lord. When that time comes, there needs to be someone on the journey with them that can remind them this boat is stable. Amen. This boat ain't going down. It's got a firm foundation. It's, it's anchored. Amen. We've got this truth. We just need to hold on to it and buckle down and just keep going forward. It doesn't matter what these storms bring us. We're just going to keep plowing forward. Amen. They even have boats that can bust ice. Amen. God always goes before us and prepares the path in which we take. Amen. We just need to stay faithful. Amen. It may be small and it may be overloaded, but it has gotten us this far. Amen. That is no time to go seeking something else. In those times, a new worshiper needs a disciple maker. Amen. Somebody who's going to share that gospel, going to share the testimonies of the chest and the trials that we've gone through to help encourage them. Amen. 
If you've ever been on a tour in a strange city or in a nation, then you will understand how wonderful it is to have a local tour guide. Amen. And we done one one time when we went to D.C. We hired a local guide to show us our, the group around. Amen. A good tour guide makes all the differences in the world. Amen. When you are visiting a historical site, city like that. They take you along the same sites that you could have done, gone by yourself. But in the richness of the historical detail and local lore, that makes the experience so much tremendously better. They're able to show your stories. They're able to tell you certain things. Heck, they even got things now where you can walk around with a wand and to tell you the thing. Amen. For, for, uh, for my birthday, my wife took me to Cosine. And we got to, I, I like history. I, got to see, I went up there and see the King Tut exhibit and walked around with that. It's so much easier having a tour guide to help keep you on the right path. Amen. And to share the stories. And you understand what it's all about. And that's what we give when we, when we guide somebody through this journey. We give them life's experience. We help them further, right? Without a tour guide's voice, it is all just architect and historical narratives. But a good tour guide brings it all to life for you. Sharing a little local color that you will not find on your own. Jesus commanded all of his disciples in every generation to go and make disciples. We are called to make disciples, and our rescue mission is not finished just because we bring someone to church or even help them pray through. Amen. You're going to have to, do, have to actively help encourage them, compel them, lift them up when they are down and out, when they're having a hard day. Amen. And mark my words, there's nothing easy about it. Amen. The task that Bernie and his crew were facing was nearly impossible. Amen. There's times that it's going to seem like it's impossible when, when, when you're helping somebody through this journey. Amen. Because they feel hopeless. They feel lost. You're, they're sitting in the middle of this, this water, body of water, drowning, if I can use that expression. But that's when they need us to help pick them up. Amen. It encourages us. It makes us better swimmers. It makes us better survivors. Amen. It helps root us and ground us even more. It's twofold. Amen. All too often it's going to be the same way as you try to win a soul. Everything in the world is going to conspire against them and you. The world will offer all kinds of substitutes, many different options. Amen. Anything to get them to turn aside. But you have to have the same kind of tenacity that Bernie had. You have to be committed to that soul for the long haul. There's no turning aside. There's no detours. There's no other option. Amen. Together we are going to make heaven our home. Amen. The Apostle Peter said that be believers have been called out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Amen. It's his marvelous light. There's nothing better than walking in this light. Amen. And being that beacon of hope for somebody else because we can, keep, we can lead them to that light. Amen. First Peter 2 and 9 says, Peter, Peter apparently... Peter said, out of darkness is marvelous light. Peter apparently understood that spiritual immigrants would have a challenge. They're leaving out of one land for another land. Amen. They're leaving one culture for another culture. Amen. They are leaving one kingdom for another kingdom. Amen. How much easier is it to make the transition from one kingdom to another kingdom if accompanied by a tour guide? 
Amen. It makes the road, the, the journey a whole lot better. Every time we PCS or something, we was given a sponsor. Amen. So two or three weeks out, they was making contact. They was helping things set up to make, whenever time we got on post or whatever, to make the transition a little bit smoother. Amen. They've already made contact with housing or whatever it may be, you know, and had you set up. It makes that transition easier because you're leaving one place to go to another, one culture to another culture. We're taking them out of the secular culture and asking them to step into a spiritual culture. Amen. And that takes us to nurture them and to help them to come along. And again, it's twofold. We grow as they grow. Amen. There's nothing better than that. Amen. Nothing better than that. You can rejoice when they rejoice. When they have victories, you have victories. Amen. Anytime we bring somebody up here and they pray through, we're having victory. We're rejoicing with them. Amen. Because we're all one body. Amen. When Jesus said, go make disciples, he understood that new worshipers would need someone to show them the ropes, teach them the customs, and explain why we do the things we do. Amen. The sights and the sounds of an apostolic church are familiar to those who have been around the church for some time, but to an outsider, it can be very foreign to them. Amen. And they need someone to guide them step by step. And that's where we come in. That is our job. Amen. And we should wear that tour guide with pride. Amen. Let me help you. Let me encourage you. Let me help be there for you. Amen. Don't, I understand sometimes we get territorial. Hey, that's, that's a person I want. Why are you talking to them? Hey, I'm just trying to encourage them along with you. We're a team. We're in this together. We're the body of Christ. Amen. It's unity. See, there was no talking aboard the lifeboat while Bernie was attacked. The seas ahead. As the lifeboat motored on, the seas began to change. The waves were not as heavy, nor were they, they spread as far apart as they had been. Amen. The boat was now moving through shallower waters. By no means, though, were they out of danger. They still had that dreaded Chatham bar to navigate through. Bernie was weighing his options when he noticed what appeared to be a flashing red light in the distance. At first, he wasn't sure what it was. Perhaps it was a stray buoy or an aircraft warning signal atop of a radio tower or some other not anomaly. Bernie rubbed his tired, salt-burned eyes at the moment the light seemed to be well over their heads. At another, it appeared to be well below the lifeboat. As they got closer, Bernie ordered the men to turn on the searchlights. Amen. They were shocked to discover that that blinking red light was coming from the top of a buoy that was positioned inside the Chatham Bar. Amen. Somehow they had crossed the Chatham Bar without ever realizing it. Together they had sailed through the worst of the storm. And at that point, Bernie began to give thanks to God for bringing them safely home. Amen. Give God all the praise and the glory because truly he, he orders our steps. See, before long, the lights on the piers were in view. Only there were more lights than normal. The townsfolks had heard that they were sailing without navigation. Agent had driven out to the pier, turned on the headlights and shined them across the waters of the harbor in hopes of helping the boys navigate safely home. Amen. Jesus 
with skin on. I remember a story of a little boy, we probably heard this, who woke up in the night when he heard a loud clap of thunder just outside the windows. He jumped out of the bed, ran to his parents' bedroom, took a flying leap, and landed right smack dab in the middle of mom and dad. His dad said, son, what's wrong? The boy said, dad, I heard the thunder and I got so scared I had to come into your room. His dad says, well, son, you know Jesus is with you in your room. He said, I know, Dad, but right now I need someone with skin. <laughs> Amen. That's what we are to new worshipers. Amen. They need someone with skin. Amen. That's what worshiper needs. They need Jesus with skin on. That's what the church becomes to them. Amen. And our job collectively to help them navigate home. Amen. We are supposed to show them the way. That is the sentiment of Paul expressed when he wrote in Corinthians Christians in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, be ye followers of me as I am also am of Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. That's how you become Jesus with skin on to a new believer. Amen. Just give them Jesus. Amen. Let that light shine. Nurture them. Love them the way Jesus loves them. Amen. Carry them. Share those stories. Be there for them. Amen. They need Jesus with skin on. We follow Jesus as he leads others home. Jesus said if the blind lead the blind, they both fall into the ditch. A disciple maker is like a tour guide who leads a new believer into the new and undiscovered life. All along getting to discover new things as well. Amen. The disciple maker follows Jesus and invites the new worshiper to follow them. With that in mind, you and I have to recognize the great, great responsibility that we have towards the souls that are being rescued from this world. Amen. A disciple maker must be someone worth following. It is not necessarily for someone who desires to make disciples to be utterly perfect before he or she attempts to make disciples. Amen. It is a process. Amen. You can't get frustrated if somebody's not growing along the speed that you want them to grow. Just nurture them and love them. Amen. Just love them. In fact, if this were the case, none of us would be qualified. However, the most important thing about a leader-follower relationship is that the leader leads by staying a few steps ahead. If you're going to lead others, if you are going to help others navigate their way home to heaven, then you must develop a little spiritual maturity for yourself. Amen. You need to dig into this word. Amen. That's what makes new converts special. They keep us on our toes. They're full of questions. Amen. They're always asking. They're always looking for something. And you just got to stay ahead of them. Amen. But when you have a relationship with the Lord, that comes quite easy. Amen. Because nothing else matters. Amen. It's why we need our morning devotions, our daily devotions. It's why we need to be reading this word. We need to have that prayer life. Amen. We need to be attending church as often as we can. Every time the doors open. They even got it easier now. We used to, we used to go to a lot of conferences. You can get on YouTube, man. See, I've got to watch spring conference last Thursday and Friday. You know, sitting in the luxury of my living room. Amen. Having church. You know, as Brother Nichols and him was preaching. Amen. But I would encourage you. Sometimes you got to have a little extra 
than the local assembly. Go to family camp. Send your kids to, to camps. It helps them grow. Go to, I don't even know if they even have youth rallies like they used to have. Amen. But we need as much church as we can, especially in this day and hour. It helps us grow. It helps us mature. Amen. It was Barnabas who intentionally sought out a young upstart believer from Tarsus his name Saul. When Saul was rejected by the church in Jerusalem because they feared his conversion was a bit of an entrapment to them, it was Barnabas who put his own good reputation on the line and personally brought him to the church at Antioch. It was in the local church dynamic where Saul was accepted, developed his gifts, and grew into a mighty man of God. Amen. Without the disciple-maker relationship with Barnabas, Saul would have never developed into the great apostle that he became. Amen. We don't know who we're bringing in to, these, to this church, who's coming up to this altar. It could be the next Jeff Arnold, the next Lee Stone King, the next Peter or Paul. Amen. But it's up to us to nurture them. It's us, up to us to love them, to help them grow and to help develop them. Amen. And I'll close with this. I want to close with a familiar Bible story. Last week we talked about the conflict between the Jews and the Samaritans. How the Jews despised the Samaritans because they were a mixed ethnicity. They were half Jew and half Gentile. They were a mixed breed. The Jews treated the Gentiles as less than dogs. Amen. So you can imagine the surprise of the disciples when Jesus told them we must journey through Samaria. Jews would go miles out of their way to avoid journeying through Samaria. But Jesus knew that there was a woman at Jacob's well who was hungry for the truth. Amen. So he went to that well and he waited. While he waited, he sent his disciples away to go gather some lunch. While they were gone, he ministered to the Samaritan woman. And once they returned, after expressing their shock that he was talking with a Samaritan woman, they offered him some food that they had obtained to eat. And Jesus' response was a curious, curious to them. In John, 40, John, 4 and 3, John 4, 3 and 32, he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. The most fulfilling thing in this life is to be able to share Jesus with somebody else. Amen. Sharing Jesus with somebody else. That is the greatest thing we can do. There is a spiritual nourishment and encouragement that is loose when you share your faith with somebody. When you encourage them, when you tell them, hey man, I read this this morning. Or you share a testimony, man, I was struggling with this. and Let me tell you what Jesus did. Amen. The reason why church can get so monotonous to you is because you have forgotten the church is all, what it's all about. It's all about souls. We get so caught up in ourselves, what we're going through, that we miss and are not sensitive to those that are around us who are hurting, amen, who are drowning, that are headed to hell. And we have this hope that we can throw them that life preserver. Amen. And it is up to us to be sensitive to that spirit. Amen. Our job is never done. Amen. Be that witness every chance you can. Be Jesus in skin.
Give them Jesus in all that we do. Amen. It's about... It's not about singing great songs, eating delicious meals, or hearing tremendous sermons. It's about sharing Jesus to a lost world. It's about reaching the lost. Amen. That's where our rest and our refreshment will come from. Amen. As we lead folks to the cross. If you'll stand with me. Amen. It's about souls. It's about nurturing Amen. We all encourage each other. Amen. We're, all go- we're family. There's going to be differences sometimes, but we work through the differences because this is about making it home. This is about hearing those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. This is about reaching glory, walking on those streets of gold, and it's going to take us together, encouraging one another, being there for one another, praying for one another. Amen. Putting differences aside and understanding that we are the body of Christ. Amen. We may have different functions. We may have different things that we do, different callings, but we are still one body. And that is the body of Christ. Lord, we love and we praise you, Lord, and I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for all that you've done, all that you're going to continue to do, Lord. I pray, Lord. As we go forth, Lord Jesus, we never lose sight that we are on a rescue mission, Lord. You called us to share this gospel, Lord, the great commission, Lord, to the lost and the hurting, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you help us, Lord, to pray that you lead us to your harvest, Lord Jesus. Lord, if we're able to cross through Samaria, Lord, there's somebody waiting at a, at a, at a well that needs you, Lord. That you help us to be sensitive to your spirit, Lord. Amen. And continue to touch us and strengthen us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be not just hearers of your word, Lord, but to be doers, Lord Jesus. Lord, not despising, Lord Jesus. We just pray, Lord, that you continue to touch us and help us, Lord. Lord, to nurture those that need to be nurtured, Lord Jesus. We just praise you and give you all honor and glory, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have a prayer request for Sister.